Amen. So let's turn to Genesis 126. I'm going to give you a brief introduction on supernatural authority, kingdom authority, supernatural authority. Genesis 126 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. I want you to see what God spoke to them in the very beginning. And this is just an introduction to lay a foundation. So with the Holy Spirit, what, or excuse me, what God said, He said, let us make man in our image. So all three of them agreed, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, let us make mankind, man in our image. Let them rule. Let them rule. Say rule. rule. Let them rule. Or in a different translation, it will say, let them have dominion. Okay? And I'm going to give you the distinction, the distinction between dominion and authority because there's a difference. Amen? But in the very beginning, God said, let us make mankind in our image according to our likeness and let them rule. Let them have dominion. Dominion is rulership in a territory. Territory involves you having land in the earth. So in the very beginning, God said, I'm giving you the earth. I'm giving you everything that's in the earth. I'm giving it to you to have dominion, to exercise dominion over. I'm giving it to you. You're going to rule over this place. It's yours. It's your playground. It's your place of worship. It's I'm giving it to you. You're going to rule over this place. You're going to have dominion. And also, when God said, let us, give, let, let us let them rule over this place, what he also gave to them was authority to be able to rule in the earth. So they were given dominion to exercise from God. Now, God released dominion in their lives. He released rulership. Why? Because God rules and reigns over everything. We just sang a song about it. Our God reigns. He reigns, he rules. Why? Because he's he's the king. Amen? He's the king, it's his kingdom. And so, of course, we know that Adam and Eve, they did what? They sinned against God. What did they do? They disobeyed God. They rebelled against God. Right? They rebelled against God. They committed treason against his kingdom. Okay, what is treason? Let me tell you what treason is. I'm going to give you the definition. Treason is, I'm going to give you a very simple definition. Treason is to betray a government. What is the kingdom? The kingdom is a government. It's the government of God. Amen? So God's government, God's rulership, God's kingdom is what was betrayed. That was the kingdom that they were a part of in the very beginning. And that's what was betrayed. And so they committed treason. They betrayed the government of God. They betrayed the kingdom of God. 
what happened when they did that, when they rebelled against God. Now, I'm using certain key words on purpose. So pay attention to the key words that I'm using. Okay? They betrayed a government. They rebelled against a kingdom. They gave up. If you're taking notes, write this down. They gave up their dominion and authority when they rebelled against God and his kingdom. That's what happened. Rebellion. We're talking about authority. Rebellion and authority. Okay? So they committed high treason. They rebelled against God and his kingdom, against his government. They rebelled against his what? His authority. Now the Lord spoke something to me very sobering last week when I was driving up here. And when he spoke to me, when the Holy Spirit spoke to me, he said, anyone who is operating outside of authority is automatically in rebellion. They're operating in witchcraft. It's automatic because you're not under authority. And so the Holy Spirit impressed it very strongly on my heart to minister on this subject, on this topic, because it's very important. Many of the attacks that you're experiencing are because you are not under authority like God would have you to come under his authority and the authorities that he's placed in the earth. And so it's extremely important. A lot of the attacks that we're experiencing are because we're rebelling against authority. And it opens us up to witchcraft into the demonic realm. And so we're experiencing these attacks. We're experiencing uh, witchcraft. We're experiencing all the, these things, these flaming darts, these flaming arrows coming against us. And it's part of it is because we're out from under his covering. So that's why I need the umbrella. Uh, I'm going to hold the umbrella up. That's you coming under his authority. Amen? So this is very key, very vital, and very important. God has all authority. All authority comes from God. Amen? Amen? I'm still giving you the introduction. All authority comes from God. Amen? All authority, that's what Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth and under the earth. All authority. So it is extremely important Everything in the spirit realm, the devil is a legalist. It, legal and law has to do with authority. Okay? Authority, when you're given to it, by, when God gives you authority, he authorizes you. He gives you authorization to be able to act on his behalf. Okay? And so, in the Old Testament, anytime you talk about authority... You're automatically talking about spiritual warfare because there's two opposing kingdoms. You have the kingdom of God and you have the kingdom of darkness. And so anytime you're talking about authority, you're talking about two distinct kingdoms that are at battle within each other, that are battling between each other. And so you have the kingdom of God and you have the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of Satan. We are constantly at war between each other. Okay? Now Satan 
operates by illegal authority and power. Okay? So what did Satan do? Satan rebelled. He's the first rebel, right? Where does rebellion originate from? Rebellion originates from Satan himself, Lucifer. Okay? Rebellion originates from Lucifer. Okay? He was the most powerful angel in heaven. He was the most anointed cherub in the heavens. The origin of rebellion starts with him. Rebelling against God because pride rose up in his heart. He wanted to rebel against God because he wanted to be like God. He knew that he couldn't overthrow God. But he said, I'll rebel against him. I'll do whatever I can to destroy it or try to thwart what God is trying to do. That's pride. Hatred and pride walk together. They're demonic spirits. Hatred and pride are demonic. They walk together with each other. Okay? Anytime you see hatred, just like the things you're seeing in the news, all these uprisings, everything that's going on, the hatred is directly connected to a spirit of pride that's operating through people. The pride says that I'm better than you. I'm superior than you. You need to bow to me. It's a demonic spirit that's trying to get you to submit to illegal authority. Illegal authority that's operating in the earth, that's operating through those people. So this is extremely important because you want to know that you're operating under authority. You want to understand, you want to know and have confidence that you're operating under the authority of God and under the authorities that he's placed you under in the earth. So you're in agreement with him and what he's doing. Okay? So the most important thing is coming under God's authority. Now I want to tell you this. In the Old Testament, you do not see the casting out of demons. There's no casting out of demons in the Old Testament. Why? Because they didn't have authority. Anytime it comes to casting out demons, it's a matter of authority. It's not a matter of power. They're two different things. So it's a matter of authority when it comes to casting out devils. When it comes to displacing or removing demonic entities, persons without bodies, demonic spirits. Okay? There are no devils cast out in the Old Testament. The closest thing you see to it is when King David was playing a harp for King Saul to, to relieve him. But it was temporary relief. It was to soothe him. The devil didn't leave him. The demonic spirit didn't leave him. Okay? But David, through his anointed worship, would soothe the king with his worship. And that's a lot of what we have in the body of Christ now. We have Christians that are demonized. And they're soothed by worship when they come in. But they leave out the same way they came. They're not delivered. They're not delivered. So they're like Saul. They're like King Saul. They just want to come in and worship. They want to be soothed for a little bit. But they leave with the same demonic spirits oppressing their lives. Okay? So Saul, that's what Saul was about. He wasn't delivered. 
David would just soothe him with his anointed worship. Okay? I wonder, like Kim and I were talking about people that learned how to play instruments supernaturally. King David supernaturally knew how to play several instruments. That didn't mean that he that doesn't mean that he didn't practice in the natural. Surely he did. But he knew how to supernaturally play more than one instrument. Okay, and I believe you can see that in Scripture if you study it out. So there's no casting out of demons in the Old Testament before the cross. The cross is the key. Amen? The cross is the foundation for our, our faith, Christianity, everything that we believe in as followers of Jesus Christ. The cross is the foundation and where authority starts from. The cross was already in heaven before it came to earth, before it happened in earth. So that's where authority and power originates from. Jesus Christ was the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth. In other words, God had already, eons and eons far ago, had already predetermined the plan that was going to take place. And so Jesus was already slain in heaven. He already made up his mind in heaven. He had to come into the earth and, and execute God's plan though, to deliver humanity. So that we be delivered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so the lamb was slain before the very foundations of the earth. He was already submitted to coming and laying down his life. That was total submission. Total submission. Okay. And so let's fast forward. We have the cross. Jesus came into the earth lived a perfect, a sinless life. He had to be sinless. Amen? That means the devil, Jesus testified, he said, the devil has no place in me. He doesn't have any place in me. Okay? We want that to be our same testimony. The devil has no place in me. So Jesus lived a perfect and a sinless life. The devil didn't have any authority in his life because there's no sin in his life. There's no inroad. There's no legal access into his life. Okay? Was he attacked by Satan? Yes, he was. He was tempted in the wilderness and the desert for 40 days. But he overcame that temptation. In the Garden of Gethsemane, again, Satan himself came to him. Again. In the Garden of Gethsemane, the word Gethsemane means olive press. So it was the complete test of Jesus before he went to the cross. And he was pressed so hard. But the anointing manifested on his life to overcome. That's the olive press. If you see how they make olive oil, olives are pressed so that the oil is extracted. So Jesus was hard pressed in the place of Gethsemane. But the anointing See, that's part of what the anointing does. The anointing causes you to be able to overcome. The anointing causes you to be able to overcome uh, sickness and disease. The anointing empowers you to overcome persecution. The anointing empowers you to overcome attacks of the enemy. The anointing empowers you to walk through darkness, through dark places. So whenever, that's how you know somebody is an anointed leader. They can walk through persecution and overcome it. 
Why? Because character has been produced in them by the anointing of God, the power of God working in them. Okay? So going back to authority. Authority was reestablished with humanity at the cross of Jesus Christ. Part of what Jesus purchased back for us and gave back in return to us was authority. Now this is extremely important because when Jesus came onto the scene, he began to do things that people hadn't seen, had never seen anything happen like this before. He began to cast out devils. They said, we haven't seen this. Is this a new teaching? What is this? What power, what authority are you coming up from? Okay? And so this is a very important thing to understand when it comes to the cross of Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ reestablished authority for humanity. That means that everybody comes into, whoever comes into Jesus comes under authority, under his authority. His authority is delegated and they have access to move into that authority. Okay? So that gives us victory over the opposing force, over the opposing army, over the opposing enemy. Now I want to turn to Luke, the fourth chapter. Hallelujah. Turn to Luke 4. I'm going to put it up here on the screen for you if you can see it. Hallelujah. I'm going to look and start in verse 31. Uh, this is talking about Jesus. And he came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were amazed at his teaching. Okay, it says they were amazed at his teaching. For his message was with what? It was with authority. In the synagogue, there was a man possessed by the spirit of an unclean demon. And he cried out with a loud voice. Okay. What did the demon say? Let us alone. What business do we have with each other, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him down in the midst of the people, he came out of him without doing him any harm. And amazement came upon them all. And they began talking with one another, saying, What is this message? For with authority and power, he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And the report about him was spreading into every locality in the surrounding district. So the word went out. They haven't seen anything like this before. With authority, he commanded that demon to leave. Now, I wonder if before that, if that demon manifested at times in, in the synagogue. Probably. Possibly. Okay. But what does it say if you back up to verse 31? And they were amazed at his teaching, for his message was with 
authority. Okay? There's a difference when you preach a message with authority and without authority. Okay? It's very clear. And so, where did this authority come from? Obviously, his authority came directly from the Father. Okay? He was submitted to the Father. He said, I only do what I see my Father do. I only speak what I hear him say. That's where his authority flowed from. Okay? So, in the kingdom of God, you have God. God is the head of Christ. Christ is the head of man. Man is the head of woman. Okay? So there's a chain of authority. Ultimately, God the Father is the head, the, the head authority. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, all three being God, co-equal, co-eternal, all-powerful, they're God. Amen? So you have the Father, He is God. You have the Son, Jesus, He is God. You have the Holy Spirit, He is God. He is just as much God as the Father and as Jesus. Amen? We have to settle that in our hearts. We have to understand that. Sometimes we don't treat the Holy Spirit like He's God. But He's God. So whenever He comes in, we quench Him, we grieve Him, we treat Him like He's some whatever, some other spirit. Now He is God. He's the Holy Spirit. But His message came with authority. Okay? So when it comes to authority, authority is when God authorizes you. Right? You ever seen a police officer? A police officer has been authorized to operate in a certain jurisdiction. He has authority to execute the law and the decree of that government, that government locality. So it's the same with us. At the cross, Jesus purchased with his holy blood, with his blood, he paid a high price so that we could have this authority, Amen. so that we would not be bound anymore, so that we would not be oppressed anymore. He said, I've given you authority so that you can be free. You don't have to have devils working in your life. Cast them out. You don't have to have devils oppressing you. You don't have to have devils... Just cast them out. I've already done it. I've already given it to you by the power of my blood. Okay? I've given you authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the darkness of the enemy. Okay? So his message, his, te his teaching had authority. He had authority in his teaching. So he cast out devils. Now Jesus... I want you to see the the and understand the importance of coming under authority. Because that, that that was the whole point of this message. I want you to understand this, it's very important. But first I want to show you what it is to operate outside of authority. So I'm going to look at 1 Samuel 15:23. And I'm going to give you the definition of rebellion. I'm going to give you the definition of rebellion and of witchcraft. There it is right here. So this is concerning King Saul again. 
This is when Saul didn't fully obey the word of the Lord that came to him through the prophet Samuel. He only partially did what God told him to do. He didn't slay all of them, but he took back the king and he took some of the animals and whatever. And so I want you to see what the, the prophet spoke to him. In verse 22, it says, Samuel said, Has the Lord as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than your sacrifice. Saul, you need to understand, this is something that Saul didn't understand. So God, through the prophet Samuel, had to give him a revelation of what God's highest, what God's best was. And that was obedience. It wasn't you bringing a sacrifice to me, Saul. Obedience is better than your sacrifice. I want you to obey me. Okay? He says, Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed. What does, it mean? What does the word heed mean? The word heed means to hear and to obey that instruction. It's not just hearing, but you obey what you heard. That's what it means to heed. So when you heed a word, when you heed the word of the Lord, you hear his word and you obey it. You do it. Okay, so he said, and to heed than the fat of rams. So he says, it's better for you to heed to this word than the fat of rams that you're going to offer God. Verse 23, for rebellion. What is rebellion? Rebellion is going against authority. Rebellion is going against authority. For rebellion, what is rebellion? He gives you the definition right here. For rebellion, this definition came from God himself. For rebellion is as the sin of divination or the sin of witchcraft. Can you say amen? amen. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as idolatry and this is teraphim, household good luck images because you have rejected the word of the Lord he also has rejected you from being king okay so his rebellion against God partial obedience is rebellion that's basically what he was telling Saul here you didn't fully obey me so essentially what you did it's equivalent to you rebelling against me. You rebelled against me. And when it, whenever we are not under authority, that's the equivalent of witchcraft. Okay? So every day, the most important thing that you can do is surrender your life to God and say, Jesus, I come under your authority. God, I come under your authority. Holy Spirit, I come under your authority today. I lay my life down. Okay? We have to be a people that are under authority. Okay? Whenever we are under authority, we're authorized by God, then He delegates His authority to us. And authority is the right for you to exercise His power. Okay, let me say that again. Authority is the right to exercise power. You didn't get it. Authority is the right to exercise power. Power is an act. 
You have to be under authority to exercise the anointing. Now you can do it. If you do it outside of authority, that's witchcraft. So that's the difference. If you do it outside of authority, that's witchcraft. You're not operating under authority. So you, when you come under authority, then you can exercise power. You can release the anointing of the Holy Spirit. People that subvert authority, that do not submit to authorities in the earth, are just as much in rebellion as rebelling against God himself. Why? Because God has set delegated authorities in the earth. That includes government officials. Now there is a place for civil disobedience. But that is only in the in the in a case like Daniel and his friends were in when they directly obeyed, disobeyed, they civilly disobeyed the government of the earth because that government was oppressing them to the point that their laws said that you must disobey God. Okay? God knows. God understands. So at that point, you're not rebelling against that government. Well, in a way you are. But it's, I believe it's authorized by God. Because you have to obey God first. Before any man. Okay? It's the same in the book of Acts. The, the authorities and the rulers commanded them not to preach in the name of Jesus. But they had to disobey that decree, that edict, and continue to preach the gospel and to preach the name of Jesus. Okay, that was first priority was to God. So if authorities in the earth do not line up with God, you can't come under it's, you can't come under their authority because they're not under authority. They're not lined up with God. Okay? So there's authority, there's chains of command, there's a chain of authority. Are you getting something from this? Amen. So for rebellion as a, is as the sin of witchcraft. What does witchcraft look like? Disobedience. Witchcraft looks like disobedience. Witchcraft looks like stubbornness. Well, it says here, stubbornness is the sin of idolatry. So witchcraft looks like disobedience. Witchcraft looks like manipulation. Witchcraft looks like an unauthorized use of power in your life. That you're, you're not authorized to do that where you are. For example, if I go over to this Dollar General and I, I go behind the cash register and start trying to ring stuff up. I'm not under authority. I don't work there. Manager doesn't know me. So what am I doing? That's witchcraft. So there's so many different forms. But ultimately is disobedience. And it is somebody who is not coming under the authority that is set in place there. 
or under God's authority. Hallelujah. So Jesus, when he came with authority, Jesus came with authority. He began to cast out demons. That's how you know a new, a king, the kingdom of God is at hand. He said, I cast out demons by the finger of God. So that is one of the main marks of the kingdom of God, that it is at work and that it's at hand. I won't forget, I was ministering at a conference downtown Savannah, I think it was last year, and uh, with Mother Hines. And um, right as I was walking out of the hotel, I heard the Holy Spirit say, I want you to minister on deliverance. Authority and deliverance go hand in hand, because you have to have authority to to operate in deliverance, to deliver people. So I was walking out, the Holy Spirit said, I want you to minister on deliverance. I said, okay, I'll do it. Now I'm, I'm ministering to a bunch of pastors and ministers. And okay, but they need deliverance too. Amen? Amen. And so there was one lady sitting in the very back who came, I think she came all the way from Ohio. And um, as I was preaching on the kingdom and on deliverance she was sitting on the very back row and she just began to start manifesting so the anointing was for deliverance was being released and when it started hitting her she starts ah starts throwing up on the back row they got to get a trash can and all kind of stuff I said okay well God's doing it but it got everybody's attention that's what happened. The same thing happened when Jesus started casting out demons. It said the word began to spread all throughout the land, all throughout the region. Because that's a sign that the kingdom is here. In other words, when the kingdom of God shows up, the kingdom of darkness has to go, has to leave. It is displaced. And so that's what happened. That's the purpose of authority. So when you're somebody that is under authority and that walks in authority, everywhere you go, this is vitally important for Christians to understand. You have to know how to operate with the authority that you've been given. Okay? You have been given authority by God, by Jesus Christ, because of His sacrifice. He says, I give you my authority. That means you have the same authority that Jesus has. You're an extension of him in the earth. Why do you have devils around you? Why do you have devils in your house? If you know that you have that same authority, that Jesus, if Jesus gave you that authority, why are you putting up with devils? Cast it out. Quit tolerating devils and deal with them. Quit talking about them and entertaining them. The more that you talk about them, the more glory you give to them and not Jesus. The more that you talk about them, the more that you invite them. Why? Because your words are like a magnet. They attract either the demonic or the kingdom of God, the angels of God. Your words attract spirits demonic spirits or angels 
That's what your words do. Okay, so I want to look, I want to turn now to the book of Matthew, chapter 8. Hallelujah. Matthew 8, verse 1. When Jesus came down from the mountain, large crowds followed him. And a leper came to him and bowed down before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his, his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go show yourself to the priest and present the offering that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. And when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, imploring him and saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, fearfully tormented. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion said, Lord, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. But just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority. He said, I'm a man under authority. Okay? And that's the key. The first step is coming under authority. This is a very, very foundational teaching. And that's why I'm giving it. Is that God's people must come under authority. First to God and to other authorities that God sets in place. 1 Corinthians 12 tells us that God sets apostles, prophets. He sets people in the kingdom. When God sets somebody, He sets them in a place of authority and they operate in a sphere in the earth, in a region in the earth, that they can exercise their authority that God has given to them. Okay? So that can be over in a church, that can be regional, that can be um, citywide, it can be statewide, over a larger region, over a nation, or to nations. There's different levels. You understand? I can teach you about that uh, when it, concerning when it comes to prophets. There are prophets that are assigned to certain churches. There's prophets that are called to cities. There's prophets that are called to states. There's prophets that are called to larger regions or areas. There's prophets that are called to nations, to a nation. And then there's prophets like Jeremiah who was a prophet to the nations. That's what the book of Jeremiah chapter 1 says. He said, you're called to be a prophet to the nations, Jeremiah. All the other prophets before him were called to either Israel or to Judah throughout the Old Testament. But he said, Jeremiah, you're not going to be like them. You're a prophet to the nations. Okay? So there's different levels in the realm of the Spirit. There's different levels of authority that God releases and, and graces and bestows on an individual. Hallelujah. But he's given all of us the authority to cast out devils, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, and to preach the good news. Amen?
So let me continue here. And when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him. What is a centurion? A centurion is a Roman army captain. That's what a centurion is. So he's in the military. He understands authority. People that are in the military understand authority. You can't be in the military if you don't understand authority. You get kicked out real quick. If you don't submit to the authority, if you buck against the authority, if you rebel against the authority, bye-bye. See you later. It don't work. Okay? So this, was a, this guy was a Roman army captain. He was a military man. Okay? And so he was talking to him and saying, Lord. He recognized uh, Jesus as Lord. Automatically when he said that, he, he, he recognized his rulership. Somebody who is a Lord is somebody who rules. So when the centurion said, Lord, he automatically submitted to his rulership, to his authority. So first, the centurion submitted to Jesus, his authority. He recognized who Jesus was. He said, Lord, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority. He said, I'm a man under authority. I understand how this thing works. I have to be under authority for you to be able to operate and move. But I want you to see what Jesus said to him. He said, for I also am a man under authority with soldiers under me. So he said, I have men under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another one, come, and he comes. And to my slave, do this, and he does it. Now when Jesus heard this, he marveled, or he was amazed, and said to those who were following, Truly I say to you, I have not found such great faith. I haven't found such great faith with anybody in Israel. I say to you that many will come from east and west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into the outer darkness in that place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said to the centurion, Go, it shall be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed that very moment. Okay, so part of the revelation that this man had and what Jesus told him, he said, Because you understand authority and you, you understand coming under authority, Coming under authority releases faith. Okay? When you're under authority, when you're under God's covering, you have confidence to believe God to do what He said He'll do. If you're not, then you have nothing to believe in because you're operating under your own accord. That's rebellion. Rebellion is operating outside of God. But he said, come under authority. Come under authority. Hallelujah.
Amen. So when you come under authority, it empowers you to walk in obedience toward God. You have said yes to God and whatever he wants to do. Part of coming under authority is dying to self. So you say, how do I do it? You must die to self. You must surrender. The very first thing that Jesus taught his disciples when he began to talk to them about the kingdom, he said, um, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. What does it mean to be poor in spirit? To be poor in spirit, that is a Hebrew saying. To be poor in spirit means that you have a repentant heart toward God. Okay, that's the very first thing that Jesus taught his disciples in the Beatitudes. The very first thing he taught them was absolute surrender and submission to God. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. So when you have a repentant heart toward God, it's easy for you to surrender. It's easy for you to submit. It's easy for you to come under authority. Have you ever met? Well, I have a four and a half year old. He's very rebellious right now. He's like bucking all the time. He's like bucking against authority. No. No. I tell him to do something. He says no. Have you ever had God tell you to do something and you said no? That's like a child rebelling against his father. If God told you to do something, who are you to tell God no? That's disobedience. That is rebellion. It is rebellion. When God clearly reveals His purpose, His plan, His assignment, He speaks to you clearly what to do. And you don't do it? That's not a good thing. That's a bad place to be. So you better quickly repent. Because like if I take this umbrella, whose umbrella is this? Is this your umbrella? You didn't know you were supposed to bring this today, did you? You brought it for a different reason. I meant to bring my umbrella and I forgot it. So you brought yours. See, God had me covered anyway. So if I'm under authority, I'm up under this umbrella. I'm under his covering. Just like I told you earlier, when you're not under authority, you're outside of this, that's where the attacks come. That's where witchcraft, you're exposed to witchcraft then because that's what you're operating in. You have to come back up under here. That's where your protection is. That's where your protection is. You have to come into the shelter of the Most High, the secret place of the Most High, under the shadow of the Almighty. This is where you're covered, but it's all a matter of being under authority. You have to come under His covering. Under His wings, you'll find refuge. And so come up under authority, renounce your disobedience, your involvement in witchcraft, your rebellious spirit, there's some people, let me, you, you, know, you know what God has to do to them? He has to break them. Rebellious spirits have to, 
Someone who is in rebellion, they have to be broken. Sometimes they have to be embarrassed so that they'll be broken. God doesn't want to do it that way. It's easier to humble yourself than to have God have to humble you. Okay? So God will humble you if he has to. But it's better if you'll do it voluntarily. Don't let God have to humble you because of circumstances. And then you're like, this this is like the hedge of protection that Job was under right here. But if the hedge is removed, then you're exposed. So you got to stay under the hedge of God's protection. You have to stay under him. Thank you for letting me use your umbrella. Very useful. So I want to ask you, where are areas that you have rebelled against God? That you have rebelled against authority? Maybe you didn't obey your parents, your father and your mother. That's rebellion. Why? Because God has given them authority over your life as your parents. That is rebellion. Maybe you haven't obeyed the authority in the church. Pastors or leaders that you are in relationship with. Anywhere that you go and that you're in relationship with some somebody, that God has called you to a place, you have to be willing to come under that authority. Whenever you go to work, whoever the boss is, you have to come under that authority. You have to recognize it. If you don't, you will have issues. Okay? If you're in, in a, if you're in a church and you're a part of that community of believers, you have to submit to the authority that's in the church. If you don't, then you're in rebellion. Okay? God has established authority in the earth in different institutions. If you do not obey those authorities and acknowledge and recognize those authorities wherever you go, you are being rebellious. And you say, well, I have a good excuse for it. No, you don't. You're just rebellious. You're rebelling against the authority that has been set in place there. Even if you don't think that person should be there, they're still in a place of authority. So you have to respect that. So that's what I tell people all the time. Okay, you don't like Donald Trump? Oh, Donald Trump's not your president? You're in rebellion. You're not acknowledging the authority that God has set. Okay? So you're rebelling against the authority that God has set in place. That God has, according to Romans 13, God sets people in government. He gives them authority to, to operate in that office. If you do not acknowledge that, if you do not um, submit to that authority, that is rebellion. That's witchcraft. So that's a lot of what you see in the news and all of this. 
That's what you see is the spirit of Antichrist manifesting. It's the spirit of Antichrist. Raging. It's Antichrist. It's anti-authority. It's anti-anointing. The anointed one. That's Antichrist. That's what it is. The Antichrist spirit is one of the purest forms and manifestations of rebellion and witchcraft in the earth. You want me to tell you what one of the purest forms of the Antichrist spirit is operating in the earth? Is the religion of Islam. Is 100% Antichrist. Even other cults like Mormonism, Jehovah Witness, is Antichrist. They're in, they're in a spirit of error because they don't acknowledge who Jesus is as Antichrist. Anything that opposes Jesus Christ or the anointing, the anointed one, is Antichrist. It's anti-Christian. The UN, most of what they do and vote on is all Antichrist. Anything that is anti-Semitic is Antichrist. Because it's directly against the anointed one. He's still the lion of the tribe of Judah. Jesus is still a Jew. Okay? He's coming back to Jerusalem. He's not coming to America when he comes back. He's coming back through the eastern gate. He's going to the city of the great king. It's his city. The city of Jerusalem. Okay? So, what we need to do, we need to identify... The areas that we have been out in rebellion, out from under authority. Identify those areas in your life and repent. Repent. Close the gateway. Whenever you get into operating in uh, witchcraft, if you're operating in the gifts of the Spirit and you're not under authority, you're in witchcraft. Okay? You have other spirits speaking to you or influencing you. You have to cut them off. Okay? Repentance closes the gateways. Repentance closes the gateways of witchcraft in your life. So wherever in certain areas of your life, it could be your finances, it could be different areas, those gateways have to be closed off. Those access points have to be closed off where the enemy has been able to come in and exercise rulership in your life. So I ask you the question, who is ruling over you? Who is ruling in certain areas of your life? Wherever there is rebellion in different places of your life, different areas of your life, you allow another spirit to come in and rule. It could be poverty in finances. It could be sickness in your body could be a spirit of infirmity or whatever. That spirit is ruling, has rulership over that area in your life. It has to be dis- it has to be expelled. It has to be cast out. So identify the places in your life where the kingdom of God is not present. Wherever the kingdom of God is not present, there's another kingdom operating there. You need to invite the kingdom. Just like what Mark Lawson was teaching us this uh, last weekend. He said when you go out to minister and pray for people, 
Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is here now to minister, to heal you, to heal the sick, to, for you to be saved. Okay? Repent in every area and invite the kingdom of God to manifest. Repentance is what invites the kingdom of God to manifest in your life and in every area of your life. That's why John the Baptist, Jesus said, repent, the kingdom is here. Repentance precedes the manifestation of God's kingdom. A calling of people to repent in different areas and in different areas of their lives is them turning from their sin and their rebellion back to God. That's where deliverance takes place. Okay? Where do you need deliverance in your life? Your attitude, your mindset, you have sickness in your body. Where do you need deliverance? Where do you need the kingdom to show up in your life? Repentance brings you back under the authority of God. Repentance is a lifestyle. I'll never forget it. When I first moved to Brunswick, I didn't have a car. I didn't have anything. And uh, A friend of mine in the church knew about it or found out about it. And he bought me, a, he bought me an old police car, a police interceptor. And that's what I drive around. I, I love that car. The reason why I liked it so much is because it had the coldest air conditioning in it. And it was fast. Not only that, but whenever you were driving somewhere, the the highway, it would part like the Red Sea. Everybody thought you were a police officer. So it would just part. It would just clear the way. And so, yeah, it was nice. Everybody would just move. Move out of the way. They thought I had authority in that car. <laughs> they thought I had authority to pull them over or something, right? A th- repentance, anyway, the reason why I was saying that, drive, in that driving that nice, that nice little police interceptor, I'll never forget the Holy Spirit speaking to me. Repentance is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle before me. You know what that looks like? When you have a repentant heart, your heart, the position, the posture of your heart is to continually and always turn away from sin and what's evil and turn toward God. So you're always entrusting yourself to Him. You're always turning away from sin and what's not God. And you're always turning and entrusting yourself to God. You're always submitting to His authority. That's what it looks like to live a lifestyle of repentance. You're always giving yourself back to Him continually. You're always turning away from sin. Give yourself to Him. That is coming under authority. It is humility. It is surrender. It is the key to you having success in God's kingdom. Amen?
Hallelujah. Amen. So that's what we're going to do. I want us to just take a moment, acknowledge every place in your life. You know, have you ever had have God bring a memory or a thought to you of something that happened years ago? Of where you sinned or you sinned against somebody and you disobey God. And it might have happened 10 years ago. You say, oh, the Holy Spirit just brings it back to you. He's doing that so you can repent of it. You don't even remember it happening. But the Holy Spirit does. But when He brings it back to your remembrance, then you remember it. And you say, Lord Jesus, I repent. That happened 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Ah, I can't believe I did that. Repent immediately. Close off every doorway. Like I told you, Jesus said, the enemy has no place in me. It's time to clean house. Clean house. Clean house. Set your house in order. Everything up. Everything that isn't God. Get it out. It's got to go. Clean it up. Get it out. You want to see deliverance, revival in your life? Get before God and, and worship. Confess. Repent. Give yourself to Him. Begin to cry out to Him. You know, that's what I was hearing when we were worshiping. I heard the Holy Spirit saying, cry out from my fire. To come back on your heart again. Cry out for him. You want me to tell you how the fire comes? The fire doesn't come by faith. The fire comes by sacrifice. The fire comes by sacrifice. That comes through fasting and prayer and crying out to God that he sent his fire on you. It doesn't just come casually. It comes by you rendering your heart open to Him for Him to visit you again. That's where the fire comes. It's a consecration unto God. So I want you to think, if you need to, take notes, write it down. God, where have I missed you? Where have I disobeyed? All these different things. Plug that up. Where do you need deliverance out in your life? If you'll set yourself to worship and seek God and to repent he'll release his angels he'll release his angels he'll release his angels in your life 
So stand up with me. Stand up with me if you will. Hallelujah. Let's begin to worship him. Minister to the, allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you.